0: This episode of How I Built It is brought to you by two great sponsors. The first is our season-long sponsor. Liquid Web has been best known as a managed hosting company with tons of options. It's also designed a managed WordPress offering that is perfect for mission-critical sites. If you're looking for improved performance, maximized uptimes, and incredible support, Liquid Web is the partner you've been looking for. Every Liquid Web Managed WordPress customer has iTheme Sync integrated into their managed portal, allowing them to update several sites with a single touch. Liquid Web hosts all of my critical websites, and I couldn't be happier with them. If you sign up today using the discount code HowIBuiltIt33, you get 33% off for the next six months. Visit buildpodcast.net slash liquid to get started. That's buildpodcast.net net liquid. It's also brought to you by Project Panorama. Nod your head with me if you've answered yes to these questions. Do client interruptions prevent you from working on billable work? Do you have trouble managing expectations? As a freelancer, I certainly had this trouble, and I wish I had a tool like Project Panorama that could help. Project Panorama is a WordPress project management and visualization tool that will impress your clients, save you time, and allow you to build more. Its beautiful interface, project dashboards, collaboration and communication tools, and much more make this an ideal solution. Plus, because it's built on top of WordPress, you can self-host it and have complete control. Head over to buildpodcast.net slash PM today to learn more. All right, this week we are back with part two of my interview with Andy Wilkerson. So last week we touched on uh, who he is and his business. And this week we're going to dig deeper into theme development. So we're going to talk about our processes, the tools that we like to use, uh, how we learn and how we keep up to date with the ever-changing landscape. Of WordPress theme development, it is a really uh, one of my favorite episodes, probably, uh, because I love talking about this stuff. I love uh, teaching beginners things. I've realized over the last few weeks, and this is definitely uh, if you are a beginner theme developer or you want to get into theme development, this is an incredibly valuable episode. So, uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Take a lot of notes. And now, on with the show. So. Man, that's uh, that was so that was a really great point. You said that you use runway framework or a starter theme that you use. Is there so I'm sure you're gonna probably recommend runway because you said you open sourced it. But if you know, if I'm fresh, you know, fresh to the WordPress world, and I want to start with a starter theme, is there one that you would recommend?
1: You know, I've always bounced around Um, for the longest time. My starter theme was whatever theme I did last. You know, I just copied it and I edited from that. And that was mostly because at the time, every theme I did was an evolution of the previous one. It's why I created my framework so that I didn't have to do that anymore. And the way that Runway works, one of its like neat little things is that It has extensions, which work a lot like WordPress plugins. When you drop them into a folder, they're instantly recognized. You don't have to write in the includes and all that stuff. So all of the extensions are modular. And when one has to be updated, we can just drop it into the folders of all the other themes that use it and make updates to a lot of our themes at once if somebody finds a bug here or there. So that was actually a large portion of why I created it was I was trying to find ways to reduce my support efforts. And I think it's different for everybody though. Runway is definitely not for everyone. I've, I've even really been thinking hard about creating what I, I might call like runway light that just takes that sort of extension model and breaks it out and use it as my starter themes for up themes because I really don't want the options builder structure or any of that that we have in runway on the themes that we use on up themes because they're just so much more minimal. We don't need all of that. And it's something that I, I like, though, the simplicity of just dropping those folders in. But it's different for everybody. So whatever works for you, if you find something and you like it and it works well, then absolutely use it until you find something you like better.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm pretty uh, hot and heavy on underscores at the time of this recording. And it's just pretty bare bones for me. You know, I'm not like in the theme development business. Uh, and it does it makes very few decisions for me, which is what I like about it. And now it's Sassified. And I'm very familiar with the Sass you know, the CSS compiler, not like software as a service. I, I'm very familiar with that structure now. So that's the one that works for me. But again, like if you're looking for a good starting point, test around and, and try a bunch of different things. So I'll have uh, what we're talking about in the show notes if you're interested in any of this. And I think that, so there's two more questions I want to ask you revolving around theme development. And you mentioned breaking out the functionality. So uh, into a plugin. So um, when I, my first book, Build a WordPress theme from scratch, or building WordPress themes from scratch. I wrote it for Rockable, which was owned by Envato at the time. I talk about creating a custom post type, and I said, so make a folder in the theme and create your custom post type there, and then add your taxonomy. And shortly after that book came out, there was a huge movement that was like, you should never tie custom post types to the theme. It should always be a plugin. And, and well, this was the printed word, and so it would take a lot to redo that stuff. But now, of course... You know, you want to try to keep design and display elements within the theme and everything else essentially as a plugin. So, how do you how do you make that decision? Like wh- when you're looking at your theme, how do you say this is going to be a plugin?
1: Well, with WordPress, it's actually easy. You just follow the standards that they put on the .org website uh, because they are very explicit about what they will and won't accept. I'm of two minds of the actual process, though. I think. Sometimes for the simplicity of the customer, they just want to be able to upload it and go. They don't care if it's done with the standards that have been accepted as the best practices in mind. They don't want to have to install plugins. They don't want to have to keep track of them. So I have actually done things where, let's say I have a plugin. I have one that I use all the time called uh, Content Blocks, and it's just... A content type for creating sections of content it has an editor it's normal but you can plug it in anywhere on your website so it's great for you could write your header or your footer in there and then you can assign that in your theme options as your header and your footer but then on individual pages you could override it with a select box in your meta as a meta box so i could say oh, on this page i actually just want a slightly different footer so you create a separate version of that footer content block and then you assign it there because of the way some of my themes are structured, they won't actually work without that custom post type installed and activated because it's a dependency to create some of those content areas of the design. So I will actually include that custom post type in my themes and make it automatically activate. But what I'll do... As a backup to that, because people don't want to sometimes lose their content when they move themes, is I'll also include it as a plugin that's it says it's required and people are supposed to install it. But if they don't, my theme's not going to break. And I actually got in a lot of trouble for this with Envato. They told me stop doing it. They made really? me strip it out of the yeah. They made me strip it out of the theme, and I said, but I'm 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 following the rules here. It's a plugin, and they did. They said it doesn't matter. You. You are not allowed to have custom post types in a theme anywhere. If you're calling that function, you have to take it out. And so for future themes, I didn't do that anymore. It was just a plugin, but I felt like the approach of, you know, I'm following the best practice of allowing people to leave the theme and keep their content, but I'm also giving them the simplicity of not having to worry about that. It didn't matter. There are no exceptions to the rules there. So that's how, you know, you just go and you look at what it says you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to do it. Basically though it's pretty easy to follow those rules. If there's something that creates content, in my mind, make sure people can you know, stop using your theme and keep that content.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's really the thing, right? You want people to be able to disable your theme and not lose all the content that they spent time and effort and maybe money putting into their website. So that's, that's a really good point. Though I'm, and, and that's
1: why I haven't developed a theme in over three years that had a shortcode in it.
0: Right. Yeah. That's a good point, right? Because if you have a short code, you need that plugin to make the short code work.
1: Yep. And that's one of the reasons I started using Beaver Builder because they don't use short codes in their builder. So it follows the same practice that I've tried to put into my themes. And that one thing alone was enough for me to say, yep, that's the builder I'm going to use if I need one for something that I'm going to do myself.
0: Yeah. That's like Beaver Builder is just an absolutely excellent plugin and getting better every day. I will link my interview with them in the show notes as well because we, t- we talk about how they built Beaver Builder
1: was it with Robbie?
0: It was with Robbie and Justin. So it was oh, okay. uh, it was a lot of fun. So okay, so that's that absolutely again makes a lot of sense and it's a really good point to bring up. If somebody was getting started today and they were just like completely unfamiliar with anything that we're talking about, where would you recommend they go to get started?
1: Ah. Uh, so I actually I send people to the wordpress.org uh site where it has the how to create a theme because I I know it's considered to be generic to a lot of people or maybe it's just been there for so long that a lot of people overlook it but it really does break down the process and it tells you what you need to do to do it the other thing to do and everybody should be doing this i mean if every programmer pretty much does do this go and find something you like and take it apart yeah figure out see what they're doing how they're doing it why they're doing it and it'll teach you a lot about best practices and i learned so much about things i could do to make my themes better by whenever I'm using a theme that somebody else made and I'm seeing that they're doing something really clever or really unique the way they're implementing something. And it's like, that's absolutely how everybody should be doing that. And so I take that idea and I integrate it into my own work in the future so that I'm following that same uh, structure or best practice that I, I've I identified somebody else using.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's actually, uh, that's one of the reasons I like underscore so much is because I, it taught me how to use template parts. Cause I wasn't really using template parts.
1: Oh man, I've gone crazy on the template parts oh, inside of template parts inside dude. of template parts.
0: Me too. And like the biggest thing on my wish list for like core support is being able to pass arguments to template parts. Like that would just be the best. And I know like some major players have their own solutions built, but just like core support of that would make me so happy. <laughs> so though, though, based on your expression here, we don't see the video. Do, do you have an opinion on that? On template parts
1: being more integrated with the, the no, custom post types?
0: No, no, like being able to pass arguments to to template parts.
1: It would make things easier, but at the same time, like they really don't like making things more complex. The only way it would ever happen is if they had like an attributes array that they sent.
0: Right, right. Kind of like yeah. short codes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. Cool, very cool. So we are I mean we're we're probably over time enough that I'm gonna make this a two part episode.
1: Sorry about that. I, oh. I have a tendency to talk and go long on things.
0: That's all right, because uh, we, we got a little deep, which is kind of what I was hoping uh, to do here. So the, I guess may, this is a little bit of a blue sky question. Where do you see WordPress theme development going in the future?
1: Well, I mean, whether we want it to or not, or however people like doing their own themes, I see the customizer becoming a much more necessary thing that every theme developer is going to have to make more use of. Not because uh, it's the best way or the only way to put your theme options or things like that in, but because I see it becoming a more uh, content centric area where you're going to start being able to do things like edit content or create layouts, Uh, maybe not a drag and drop kind of thing, but certainly some type of editing functionality in there. And because people are going to start spending more time in there you're going to have to integrate more of your things in there. So making meta boxes that are going on your pages for editing posts and stuff like that, you're going to have to start integrating them with that functionality if it's not an automated thing. Or let's say you have something custom that you're doing that it's not a meta box necessarily. It's something unique that you're doing in there. You're going to have to figure out ways to make those things fit in. So uh, I certainly see that being somewhere that people are going to have to not only embrace, but really make a, a native part of the, their entire workflow. I, I didn't even myself use the customizer until about this time last year when I acquired UpThemes because their themes only had options in the customizer. And so because I was working with those themes and modifying them, I it was in the customizer more often and I started to get much more comfortable with it. I really don't like being squeezed into that tiny little panel. It feels It doesn't feel comfortable to me when I am working. Uh, But I'm used to it now, although I've seen a lot of really creative ways that people have gotten around that, where they'll take over the area where the uh, actual content is. For example, I know an author who, he has a uh, a code editor. This was way before the CSS editing was built in to WordPress, but he had the ability for you to do some custom CSS. And when you clicked on that in his theme options in the customizer, it would actually gray out the content area where it was showing your theme and it would put a full-size code editor with just a little border around it where you could see your design and you could half-size it and see what you were editing in the background. So as you were writing custom CSS, you would see it there. Breaking out of that little panel and using that other area for more uh, space-necessary Elements I see being a huge future of that, and I'm surprised I've really not seen anybody else doing it and that was a couple of years ago when the customizer was still you know i don't know evolving in a lot of ways, and so the fact that I haven't seen more of it i I find really interesting
0: yeah and and that would be you know I try to use the customizer in lieu of a theme options page because they're they're pushing more people towards it and it's becoming a more standard hopefully a more standardized thing but being squeezed into that little panel is very frustrating. and I understand why, because you want to be able to see people don't have the the giant monitor that I have, I suspect, like you probably have. So you want to be able to see your whole design while also working in the customizer, but man, working in the customizer can be pretty frustrating. so uh, that's that's uh, a great uh, a great prediction when at the time of this recording, it was just announced uh, today or yesterday, like the features of four point eight. And I know there, the default widgets are getting a bit of an overhaul. You can finally use like the visual editor in the text widget finally. And the image widget now supports like uploading an image right from the image widget instead of having to like go to the media uploader and uploading an image and copying and pasting the URL and then pasting the URL. Uh, so. But does it natively support shortcodes or do
1: I still have to write that line in every theme I do?
0: Man, I don't. I hope you don't. <laughs> so we're, we're definitely seeing, I think it's going to be a, a slow rollout, right? Uh, so by the time this recording is live, 4.8 will be out. So everything I just said, you'll be able to see if you go to your latest version of WordPress, assuming it's updated. Always update. WordPress. <laughs> um, and uh,
1: and develop on the nightly releases. Just yeah. put that plugin in, the beta release plugin, turn it on to nightly and develop on it, people. Please develop on it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So we are wrapping up here. Uh, I want to ask you my favorite question to ask, and then I have fat, a fast five set of questions for you. This is new for season three. So at the time of this recording, nobody has heard this yet. So, first of all, do you have any trade secrets for us?
1: Well, so one trade secret I would say if I had to like pick something that's like something I, I've always recognized, but I think not enough theme developers do or they don't realize that they should or shouldn't do it, is whenever you're creating a product like this, make sure you have what I like to call a gimmick in it. And I say gimmick because it can be something that's totally superficial, has no functionality whatsoever, but it's really neat. And it makes the customer, when they're looking at that demo or when they're thinking about buying that product, go, oh wow, that is so cool. I want that. And so it gives them that like a little kick to want to go and make the purchase. But it's also sets your theme apart in a way it takes your product and makes it have something that nobody else has. And examples of that that I can give are like over the years, I've done a bunch of different things. But um, one of the first WordPress themes I ever released had this neat thing where there were these wraparound uh, bars that that it was a page template so you could see the borders and it had a shadow, and then around the edges there's these little ribbons wrapped around and they would have sort of a, just a little metadata on there like the date of the blog post or something. And as you scrolled, the perspective on them would actually change to look like you were looking down on them at the bottom of the page, straight on at the middle of the page, and up at the top of the page. And that was like 2010, yeah. you know? Uh, so that was, you know, totally cool to be able to figure out where people were scrolling and, and have some JavaScript dynamically change the images. And it was actually images, not CSS at the time. <laughs> but like that, it was so subtle, but it was really neat and people would see it and they would think it was so cool and they would want to have that cool thing on their website. Or in uh, in our political theme that we did a couple of years ago, I created a media pack that was uh, like postcards, and pre-made logo designs, uh flyers, buttons for for printing out on for for the person who buys it when they're doing their political campaign, they have these press-ready templates that already use the same styles and graphics that were used to develop the website and then they can just automatically have those change out their their pictures or put in their name and the logos and then send right to a printer to get made for their campaign. And so we, you know, we make a big deal about saying that we have that on our you know, uh, our details, information about the theme and all that, and it comes with it for free. So little things like that, do they, I call them gimmicks because they don't always have a a real purpose. You know, they don't do anything necessarily, but they get people's attention and they set you apart.
0: That's awesome. I, as you were saying that, it made me think of, um, I think it was Van Halen would always put in their writer for concerts that um, they only wanted a bowl of red M&Ms. <laughs> And uh, (laughs) later on, Eddie Van Halen, I guess, if I'm remembering this correctly, if somebody listening, if I'm messing this up, write in and correct me. I'm pretty sure it's Van Halen, though. He said that he wanted to make sure that people were reading the whole writer, right? And so that in and of itself was a little gimmick, and it hooked people into, like, wonder why would he do that? And he had his reasons for it. And it, it got more people interested in kind of Van Halen and writers and, and it made sure that people reading the writer were paying attention to. So I don't know, that just kind of popped in my brain as you were saying that. So well, thank you very much for your time. I want to end with the fast five questions. And it's actually fast four and one somewhat thoughtful one. So when you're ready, I will ask the questions. And this is the first thing that pops into your mind.
1: Oh boy. All right. I guess, I guess I'm ready.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't release these questions beforehand, so they don't have time to think about it. What is your favorite book? Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Very nice. Uh, and follow up question to that: This is not one of the Fast Five. I'm just curious. Uh, I'm looking for new things to read. What's the last book you read?
1: I want to say Will This Fly by Pat Flynn, but that's not right. I read that in December. I can't remember. Must well, not have been that good, huh?
0: <laughs> well, you did. You had a, a child in, in that time frame as well. I think right.
1: Uh, yeah, in January, I had a, a baby, so a, yeah. a, our third child. And I, that's the book I read right before the craziness started all over again. So, yes, uh, I always describe that time right after a baby is born as the blur because you went yes. through it and you know it happened, but you cannot remember details.
0: Yeah, and uh, as, as the father of uh, a nine-week-old at the time of this recording, I definitely know exactly what you're talking about. And I don't really feel like I'm out of the blur yet.
1: Uh, You're not actually, but you are lucky because if you're past the eight week point, you're at the, it's no longer a one-sided relationship, you know? So she's smiling at you now and there's a little bit of give coming back in that relationship. The first eight weeks are absolutely the hardest.
0: Yeah, you're just kind of looking at them and they're crying and you're wondering why. But it is when she smiled at me for the first time, like my like like legitimately smiled and not like I just pooped smile. (laughs) (laughs) It like my heart melted. It was awesome. So
1: my wife calls it their defense mechanism. uh,
0: Nice. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Second question. What kind of music do you listen to?
1: I'm not a music person. You know, if you go back to when I listened to it the most back in high school, I was listening to um, like classic rock at the time. Oh, I don't even want to describe what classic rock is now because it's like the stuff I was listening that was actually being played when I was in high school. But it was like Led Zeppelin, things like that. I've always been a big fan of things like that.
0: Nice. Very nice. What is your favorite food? Lasagna. I like Like Garfield. Nice. Very nice. I like that a lot. I just uh, heard an interesting fan theory about Garfield. I don't know if you listen to stuff you should know. But they talk about. No, I wouldn't know. (laughs) They talk about like crazy. Like this episode, they talked about like crazy fan conspiracy theories. And one was that Jim Davis in 1989 had like this really sad like series on Garfield where like he was essentially just like alone in this place, like dying. And like he had like a fever dream that, that, john and odie were there but like it turns out they weren't and it was just like did not go over well like it was like super serious and weird but uh, now there's a fan theory that that's actually the reality and every other garfield strip is <laughs> garfield's hallucin is like hallucinating that was a bit of a tangent i also love lasagna uh, so it's
1: like the original dallas it was all just a autistic kids dream right yeah
0: yeah exactly they, they talk about that too it's a really good episode i'll link it in the show notes who's your favorite sports team
1: uh, the Auburn Tigers. Ah, the Auburn. I am a college football fan.
0: Nice. The Auburn Tigers. And the one that, re- that might require a little bit of thought, I want you to pick something that you know really well. It doesn't have to be WordPress or, or it can be or whatever, uh, but something you know really well and tell us how you learned that.
1: That is interesting. What am I good at? I'm good at the things I turn into my jobs, so... <laughs> Let's see, something that, so something that's not
0: part of my job? It can be part of your job. It could it be anything though. Like if, you know, if you have like a woodworking hobby, how did you learn woodworking? But if you want to talk about, you know, theme development, how did you get really good at that?
1: Yeah, actually, that's a good one. So I know, I know like um, basically how to program and code and do all these things and, and turn them into little businesses really well, because when I was in high school, that's what I would do. I, I had a lot of trouble sleeping. I'm a little better at that now because I have so many kids, (laughs) but I would get up in the middle of the night because I couldn't sleep and I would go downstairs, I would get on the computer and I would write these little HTML and JavaScript things and there's very little CSS back then. And uh, I would create these little websites that were like the, the stuff that you would get in those chain emails that would tell you you had to forward it to so many other people and I'd do like the little JavaScript wishing well thing where every time you sent it to somebody else, you got a wish or whatever. And you know, I was like fifteen or sixteen and I was making these things and I did it all the way through high school. And so that's how I, I basically figured out how to do that stuff because I wanted to do it. And so I taught myself those things then. And then I didn't do it for a long time. In high in college I didn't do any any website stuff at all. I completely took a break from it. But wow. uh that's how I know that's how I know that really well.
0: Nice, very nice. So uh I think every answer to that question has been learned by doing, which it sounds like is what you did as well. Yeah. Cool. Got to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, Andy, thank you so much for joining me today. It was a great conversation. It's going to be two parts. So I'm wrapping up part two of building themes and, and how Andy builds themes. So again, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thank
1: you. It was excellent being on. I'm sorry I was so long with my answers. It's just the way I am. I've I've been working on it. You know what I need to do is start a podcast so I can become a better listener because that's what your job is, right? Absolutely. You listen, and then you ask the question, and then you listen some more. So maybe I'll do that once uh, PodPub launches. I, you can have me back on, and I can talk about that. But I'll be having you on my show, maybe.
0: That sounds that sounds good. And I've got to say, if, if you're talking a lot, it makes my job a lot easier. So uh, I really appreciate it. And we'll keep an eye out for PodPub as well.
1: All right. Well, then you're welcome. I made, hey, Luca, I made somebody's yeah. job easier today. Abs- Success.
0: Absolutely. Success. Hopefully, Andy, you made a lot of people's jobs easier today. Anybody wants to learn WordPress themes. Uh, again, I really enjoyed this episode. So Andy, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you to our sponsors, Liquid Web and Project Panorama. Definitely check those guys out. They've been big supporters of the show, and I really appreciate it. Uh, and before I get on to the asking you to rate and review the show, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that we celebrated our anniversary a couple weeks ago. And it's been a fantastic year or so. Uh, The podcast has grown in a way that I did not think was possible, at least in the first year. And it's thanks so much to everybody who supported the show, everybody who's come on the show, uh, everybody who has uh, been a sponsor of the show, and of course, you, the listeners. So here's to a better year two. I'm really enjoying season three so far, and we're scheduled out now until December So once again, thank you so much for uh, being loyal listeners to a show that I just kind of started because I wanted to. Uh, I've learned so much. I hope you've learned so much too. Uh, Thanks so much again. Uh, And if you do really like the show and you want to see it continue to grow in year two, the best thing that you could do is rate us on iTunes. iTunes is perhaps the best way for people to discover podcasts. There are lots of Other ones out there like uh, uh, Google Podcasts or Google Play Podcasts, uh, Skitcher and TuneIn, Stitcher and all these other ones and and things like that. But iTunes is still the de facto source for podcasting. So a rating and a review goes a long way. So uh, let us know if you give us a rating and a review and we will gladly. We, I say we, it's me. uh, Gladly, I will mention you on the air so once again thanks so much for a great episode uh, a great year here's to year two and until next time get out there and build something